0: Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My friends, this has been a tough year for all of us. For a lot of this world, it's been been a tough year. Good thing it's finally over. <laughs> okay, let me, let me be clear what I mean by that. <laughs> I, I'm well aware that the situations of the world are not over. I'm well aware that we're not at December 31st. But here's what I want you to know. Today is that the Christian church keeps a different calendar year than the regular calendar year. And in the church calendar, today is the last Sunday of the church year. The church year begins with the season of Advent, and that begins next Sunday. So today, I can appropriately say to you, this is the end of the year. (laughs) It's good to have this one behind us. We're also at the end of our sermon series on the book of Ephesians. This is the seventh week where we've been spending time in this letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus under the theme, One in Christ. And today we're looking at these final words of greeting from Paul to the church at Ephesus. For whatever reason, in our Bible reading, especially readings that get chosen for uh, church, Oftentimes we seem to skip over these words of greeting at the beginning of Paul's letters or any book of the Bible that is an actual letter, and we seem to skip over the final greetings. A lot of times we want to spend the time in the the heart of the material, get the good doctrine. But I love looking at these words, these last few words, these parting words Words. It's the last thing that Paul wants his hearers to hear, and because I here's what I love about it. I, I love reading these words because when I when I hear these words, I I recognize that the guy writing these words is a real guy. These are these are not just academic words uh, from some theological dissertation written by a guy in a basement somewhere. These are words from from a pastoral man to his friends, to a church that he started, and and we see his deep heart for them. And we see in here that there are other people involved in, in starting the Christian church, co-workers in the gospel, encouraging one another and supporting the work of the gospel. In these last few words in the book of Ephesus, today we heard mentioned a man named Tychicus. Tychicus. This may be the first time you've ever heard this man's name. However, without him, a lot of the early church wouldn't be what it became. Tychicus was very involved with Paul and the other apostles in starting Christian churches. He's not only mentioned here in the book of Ephesians, but he's also mentioned in the book of Colossians, in the book of Acts, In the book of 1st and 2nd Timothy, in the book of Titus, in all of these places, Tychicus shows up. So who is this Tychicus? Paul says that Tychicus is a beloved brother. We'll put this first slide up on the screen. Tychicus is a beloved brother and a faithful minister in the Lord. A, A beloved brother and a faithful minister in the Lord. Paul mentions here at the end of this letter that he's going to send Tychicus. You remember last week I told you when Paul is writing this letter, he's a prisoner in Rome. He doesn't know if he's ever going to get out of Rome. So he's sending other people to go check in on these churches. So he's saying, I'm going to send Tychicus to you. He'll tell you how I'm doing, how everything's going. But he also says, I'm sending Tychicus to you to encourage your hearts to encourage your hearts. I'm sending someone to you for the purpose of encouraging your hearts. Friends, I don't need to explain it to you. This has been a tough year. But today, like Paul, I want to encourage your hearts. I want to encourage your hearts. I I want you to hear about the great love that your God has for you. I want you to know that you are beloved children of God. I want you to to hear and, and cherish and stand in the strength and might and power that Jesus Christ has for you. I want to encourage you to hold fast to Jesus, to hold to what is good. I want the words of Jesus to be the first words that enter your minds when you wake up in this morning. And I want to encourage you to have the words of Jesus and the forgiveness and salvation that is yours be the last words that you hear each night before you close your eyes and go to sleep. I want your faith to be encouraged in jesus christ this has been a tough year how many of you have found yourself at any point in the last year being a bit bummed out yeah go ahead and raise your hand anybody been bummed out you know what i mean by that like down not feeling so good not i've been bummed out and here's the thing about me i'm I'm, I'm kind of hardwired to be an optimist. I'm sure my faith plays a role in that in some way, but it's just, I think, the way God wired me. I, I, I'm going to say I'm like a 98% optimist. I see good in almost every situation and the potential for good. So when I'm feeling bummed out, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of it, and and what I've recognized about myself, maybe it's the same for you, but for me, when I'm feeling bummed out, it's because what's right in front of me feels insurmountable. And it feels like I'm all alone in my attempts to overcome what feels insurmountable. I get bummed out in those situations. And if you think about it, if you were here last week or paid attention, we talked about the game plan of the devil and the way the devil tries to attack us. Remember what, he, what I said he does? He tries to separate us from God, try to separate us from other people, push us in the corner, feel alone and isolated with all this stuff in front of us. Yeah, that's when I feel bummed out and I recognize that that's the work of the devil. Just for an example, if I, if I can you know, share my heart, the things that have been rough for me in the past couple of months, the things that have really kind of gotten to me is the one not seeing a lot of you. Not seeing a lot of you. Not hearing from you is even harder <laughs> Those of you in person, it's great to see your faces here, but I I also feel like we're disjointed. There's there's not a lot of fellowship time that happens, and it just feels like this fragmented thing. And those of you at at home, and I know know that there are plenty of you joining us from all kinds of parts of the country, different states and places, I'm so glad that you're with us, but sometimes I feel a, a distance between us. When I I don't hear from you and I don't know who you are or or what's going on in your life, see, my whole purpose in this world, the thing I love to do is to bring the grace and love, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit into your lives. And and when I don't know if that's happening for you, if if I don't know that the gospel is getting into your heads and hearts, it, it afflicts me. It's hard for me. It's also been hard for me knowing that there are people in this church, maybe some of you joining, who haven't been happy with the decisions that I've made or that our church leadership has made. If I've directly harmed you or hurt you, I'm sorry and I ask for forgiveness and grace in Jesus. But you're my family, people of God. And, and I don't want to hurt or harm my family. I don't want to cause anyone to be upset. And so these things are hard for me. But on, on even a greater scale, even apart from me personally and apart from this church, what, what's been bumming me out is when I look at the world, I'm, I'm saddened by how sick our world is. How sick it is physically, relationally, emotionally, spiritually. Spiritually. It saddens me. People of God, I hope you know that the world is always like this, though. It's not any worse today than it was 10 years ago. It's different, but it's not any any worse. Friends, it saddens me, and and I'm discouraged when I see even people of God getting caught up in the frenzy of, of, of what the world says is the most pressing issues. And when you can't see the light of Jesus shining in the midst of it, it saddens me. And it saddens me and it discourages me when I see so many people living discouraged. And I don't like it to see that it feels like the discouragers are the ones whose words and actions are running rampant and the encouragers seem to be lacking. I could go on, but I'm not here to despair today. I'm not here to despair. I'm not here to discourage. I'm here today to stand in the midst of all of this and proclaim that there is encouragement to be had. I stand before you today as one who is encouraged ultimately by Christ himself. I'm encouraged today because Jesus is Lord. I'm encouraged today because Jesus is ruling and reigning over all things. I'm encouraged today in the grace that God has for us poor, miserable sinners. And I want you to be encouraged. I'm encouraged, my friends, to continue standing firm in the faith in Jesus Christ until life everlasting. And honestly, a lot of the reason that I have encouragement today and that I stand before you today as one encouraged is because of your encouragement, people of God. There are many people, Tychicus type people, in this church, and many of you watching from lots of different places. Tychicus type people. I've got a stack of cards here from people. You in the church. You from different states. Some of you I don't even know. Just from the last couple of months. Words of encouragement to me. And this isn't even all of it if I consider all the emails and phone calls and texts and Facebook messages that People of God have sent to me to encourage me to stand firm in the faith, to life everlasting, to proclaim and keep proclaiming the life and light of Jesus Christ in the midst of this world. And so, to you, Tick a Kiss type people encouraging me to stand firm, I just say thank you. Thank you. We need each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, for we are one in Christ. We are. We're one in Christ. We need each other. We've been created to be encouragers of one another, to stand together in Christ, to live in Christ, and we will only remain one in Christ when the people of God encourage one another to stand in the faith to life everlasting. We need the encouragement of one another, and the encouragement that we have as Christian people far surpasses any feeble attempts of encouragement that the world has to offer. For we don't just say to one another, good job, you got it, keep going, keep your head held high. No, 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 our words of encouragement are the words of faith and life eternal that come only through Jesus Christ. I want you to be encouraged today. The Apostle Paul wrote the letter of Ephesians to that church that he started and he loved and he spent time with and now he's in prison. Just imagine that separated from them, not knowing if he'll ever get out of prison, and he writes to them from the depths of his heart words of encouragement that they would stand in the faith. We've been preaching these words to you over the last six weeks, but I just want to highlight again today, rather quickly, but highlight to you some of these words of encouragement from the book of Ephesians, because these are words for you as well. In the beginning of this letter, chapter 1, Paul said, blessed Be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who blesses us, with, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. You are blessed, people. Later on in that chapter, Paul says, in Him, in Jesus Christ, we have redemption by His blood. We've been bought and purchased by Jesus Christ. We have forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which is yours. Paul says in Ephesians 2, you were dead. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you you once walked. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive. We are alive in Christ. By grace you've been saved. A few verses later he says, it is for by grace that you have been saved. Through your faith, you didn't do it. It's not by your doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. In chapter 4, Paul encourages us in Christian living. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and malice be put away from you. Put away that discouraging talk. Be kind to one another, tender hearted. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. In Ephesians 5, Paul says, Be imitators of God. You are beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And finally, as you heard last week, Paul says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. I pray, friends of God, that you are encouraged by these words. These are the words of God to you. People just like that church in Ephesus living in a troubled and sick world receiving the kind of encouragement that we need. And what else do we have except for the Word of God to bring true encouragement to discouraged souls? That's all we've got, the Word of God. I want you to be encouraged today. And I want to encourage you to be encouragers. Tychicus-type people who encourage the hearts of others. There are way too many discouragers in the world. What if Christian people were known as the encouragers? I feel like that sounds like a band of superheroes. The encouragers. You know, what if, what if that's how we were known? The encouragers. People who only speak words of encouragement to all people. What if, what if that was us? What if that's what we did? And, and not just encouragement like the world gives, not just, hey, you'll be fine, pick your head up, tie your boots, you'll get going, come on, you got it. No, I mean the true encouragement that comes from the grace and life and strength and might of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who rules and reigns now and forever. I mean that encouragement. Can you do this? Well, today I'm going to give you some homework That's right, homework. And I'm not speaking rhetorically. I want you to do this. Homework. Some of you are already doing this. I held up a stack of cards. But I want you to do this, all of you. I want to encourage you this week to be an encourager of someone else. So here's your homework. To write a card or a note And put it in the mail. I mean, like, yeah, good old snail mail. How exciting is that to get real mail in the mail, right? What if you put a card in the mail to bring encouragement to somebody? That's what I want you to do this week. Maybe it's somebody you know who is discouraged and needs encouragement. It could be a fellow brother or sister in Christ from this church that you haven't seen in a while and you're you're wondering how they're doing. Or maybe, I've done this from time to time too, it's kind of fun, I, sometimes I'll, I'll read the local newspaper, I know it's hard to get one of those these days or I don't know, if, never mind, but um, you can read the local newspaper and find a story of somebody who uh, has done something good in the community, so, somebody who's really standing out to you and find their address and send them a note and thank them for what they've done and encourage them in their life, it's fun to do. So that's your homework for this week. Be a tick a kiss for someone else. I want to leave you with this today as we wrap up this sermon series in the book of Ephesians. I'll leave you with the last words that Paul concluded his letter to the church at Ephesus with. He says, Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. I love that last word incorruptible it means it won't decay it won't fade away it's not going anywhere that's the kind of love that jesus has for you love incorruptible and paul says to the church and i say to you will you in return love jesus in the same way with love incorruptible and then in turn will you love one another people of god with a love that is incorruptible, not your own, but the very love of Jesus Christ. And we can do that because we are one in Christ, for we are alive in Christ. In Jesus' name.